Welcome to Fairfield. What are you reading? A next book podcast from the Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. I am Philip Barr, your host and head of adult services. Each month we gather a group of library staff together for a conversation about what we are reading, what we're reading, what we've just finished, what we're excited about coming soon. Most of the books will be new, some will be older. The group will focus on books we love and hopefully you will too. The mood of this podcast is relaxed. Imagine you come into the library, ask a librarian for a next read, and a couple more people stop by and soon everyone is trading their favorite new reads. Listen in now as we begin. Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to episode 16, our sweet 16 of What Are You Reading? A next book podcast from Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. Today is May 6th. 2022. My guests and colleagues, Susan Bala and Linda Quinn, will be discussing their favorite new reads and what's coming on in the horizon in book publishing this summer and early fall. So let's jump right in. Sue, do you have something for us? Sure. Hello, everyone. Um, I At first, I wanted to talk about our library's adult reading challenge. It's a year-long challenge. And my April the April genre was Choose Your Own Adventure, and my book fits right into that. But it, uh, to explain the adult reading challenge, it's a year-long challenge. It will help readers explore different genres, discover new authors. There's a chance to win prizes. Every month, there is a different genre, and we've made them very broad so everyone can find something um, to read, something that they will enjoy. So to fit into Choose Your Own Adventure, which were travel memoirs, natural disasters, survival stories, I read a book coming out on May 17th. It's River of the Gods, Genius, Courage, and Betrayal in the Search for the Source of the Nile by Candace Millard. It's about the exploration into interior Africa in the beginning of the 1800s. It's when the slave trade was in full force and the English um, Royal Geographical Society sent two explorers to find the source or the headwaters of the Nile River. There was a big frenzy about ancient Egypt at the time. There was a rush by European powers to discover new lands to, for their colonial expansion. So they sent Richard Burton as the head um, explorer, not the Richard Burton that we know, but another Richard Burton, and John Speak. Now, both of them were ex-British military. Both of them had huge egos. So the continent of Africa could barely fit these two egos in there. (laughs) And in their first expedition, they didn't even leave base camp before they were attacked hideously injured. Richard Burton ended up with a spear through his face. I talk about this because this just blows my mind. In one cheek, out the other. John Speak was tortured by someone with a spear. And in between torturing him, the torturer would go and loot the campsite. (laughs) So he took the advantage. They both ran for the coast, hoping that the ship that had just supplied them was still there, even though it should have departed earlier in the day. Luckily, it was there. They got medical help. They were brought back to England. And the first thing they did 
was to try and raise money for another exploration expedition at the same place. Now, so they, so they both survived that. They both survived that and wanted to go back. Wow. I think a spear through my face would have deterred yeah. me from, from venturing on, but they went, there was another expedition where really they were surrounded by dangers. The water was teeming with disease. Mm. The mosquitoes were everywhere carrying disease. There were wild animals. There were warring parties, kingdoms in Africa, and no one had ventured into, well, no Europeans had ventured into interior Africa. So they didn't know what they were coming into. But this book is like a Indiana Jones movie. Wow. Except you know that it's true. And the author, Candace Millard, has written other great narrative nonfiction. She wrote Destiny of the Republic, which is about the assassination of President Garfield. He was um, shot in Washington, D.C. and survived for, I think, 79 days. Mm. And all the, the political upheaval that, that ensued after his assassination. She wrote Hero of the Republic about Winston Churchill, who as a journalist went to cover the, um, I think the Boer War. And just two weeks after he arrived there, he was captured with the uh, army, army uh, battalion he was with. Mm. He escaped from captivity. He walked through enemy, enemy territory hundreds of miles with just some a few dollars and some chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> when he got to safety, he enlisted and then went back to fight in the same area. And ultimately, he freed or liberated the men that he had been um, imprisoned with. Mm, wow. wow. And, she, and the last one she wrote, uh, River of Doubt, is about Theodore Roosevelt's exploration of the Amazon wow. after he uh, lost the election in 1912. Um, he went to explore an unmapped and very dangerous tributary of the Amazon. So she writes very exciting books, adventurous, but they're not academic, they're not dry. It's just truth being told through a story. And it's, oh. she's just wonderful. So Sue, so remind us what, what's the year on the Nile book? Like what year did they do this? Or It was the um, early 1800s. It's okay. before, while the slave trade was still uh, going on. So that was early. Is that, that pre-antibiotics? I can't remember. Uh, well, they didn't have any antibiotics with them. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So that, that's, that's what amazes me that, the, that people were able to survive, you know, these, these, these attacks and stuff. It's incredible. What right, amazes they, me is that they even go back. Why would you go back? <laughs> That is what surprises me. So that's yeah. what I was thinking this whole time. Like why the second expedition, I think between them, they had a total of 27 fevers. Wow. What one fever blinded both of them. Luckily it was temporary, but they didn't know that. Oh my gosh. Wow. It was, <laughs> one of them was uh, attacked by beetles in his camp. Mm. And one of them went into his ear and he, tried to poke it out with something sharp and uh, he became deaf in that ear. It was, it's crazy. Wow. It's crazy, but it's true. Yeah. And it was and great, very entertaining. And, and great read. Yeah. Really yes. great read. We need these made into movies. 
I think Indiana Jones was, was as close as you're going to get. He never got a beetle in the ear. <laughs> no, but oh, maybe I'm thinking of the mummy where the beetles ate everyone. Oh, yes, that was the mummy. Yes. All right. I'm mixing <laughs> my, my movies. <laughs> Those are great adventure books that you just talked about, though. So anyone that wants to catch up on the reading challenge can go back and pick one of those. Yes, and this month we have uh, for May, May the Force Be With You. So it's science fiction, fantasy. So it's it's easy to choose something within these broad categories. Yeah, it really is. And and every genre, even a genre that you might not be familiar with, is it's going to have a really broad, you know, uh, collection of books. So you there's going to be something for everyone, no matter what your flavor is for reading. Right. So one of the ones I wanted to talk about was for this month, for the May the Force Be With You. It's a fantasy book. It's in the fantasy section, but it's more like if you think um, Great Gatsby and Prohibition, it's just that what's, pro what's prohibited is magic. So people do this blood magic and things, and that's all been prohibited. So they're on this island where they have this raucous Gatsby-ish life. Um, and it is set in that time period. So it's almost historical, but there's fantasy mixed in. It's her debut, it's Francesca May's debut, and it was really fantastic. And again, it was like kind of that glittering era of the 20s. Who doesn't like a book about magic? I think my favorite book as a child was The Gift of Magic by Lois Duncan. I read that. Oh yeah. Probably 20 times. <laughs> Who wouldn't like that to would... cast a spell on someone yeah. at some point in their lives? <laughs> Yeah, there were some bad decisions made in this book, but um, it really, it was a really quick read and I thought she did a fantastic job with, with intermixing the fantasy with the real world. Yeah, and again, I think that goes back to uh, what I said earlier about like, no matter what the genre, you're, you really are gonna find something that's gonna capture your attention. If, you're, if, you're, if that's not particularly the genre you're interested in all the time, there's just so many different kinds of fantasy books. There's so many different kinds of adventure books out there, so. Right. Great. And there are not just epic fantasies. I think fantasy books very often seem really long and a big commitment, mm -hmm. but I read Seanan McGuire. She has the Wayward Children series. There are slim mm -hmm. novellas and they're, they're really enjoyable, they're fast reads. And if you don't wanna make a major commitment to a fantasy novel, you can read her books. She does have some long epics, but the Wayward Children's series is a nice way to dabble in fantasy. And, uh, and if you don't enjoy it, at least you haven't wasted too much of your reading time. The other thing too to mention is that um, both science fiction and fantasy they really, a lot of authors really, um, they gravitate towards series. And, you know, one of the, re one of the reasons for that, uh, we, once a month, uh, I do a, um, a different kind of uh, book club. Um, and it's really a genre book club is what it is. We meet once a month. And this year we're following exactly on the adult, uh, the, um, the adult reading challenge. So when I did science fiction a couple days ago, one of the things that came out was that um, and I don't know if everybody realizes this, but it's some of these books that people write, whether it's science fiction or fantasy, the world building is so elaborate that once someone has that established and it works, that's the reason why so many of these books become series, because it's, 
it's really difficult to create a brand new world as opposed to doing three or five or six books that you use the same world and just have different stories and different characters in them. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and a lot of the fantasy, what's marked as fantasy at this point are kind of post-apocalyptic things where the world is recognizable, but different. True. And then that the series goes on from there. Well, let's hope the apocalypse is just a fantasy. <laughs> Some of it's very recognizable. Well, I can move on to mystery because mystery is one of my favorite genres. Um, I just read The Marlowe Murder Club by Robert Thorogood. Um, if anyone watches um, Death in Paradise, on, uh, it's a BBC series. It's a funny kind of murder mystery series set in on a on an island and this the author is the one who um, created that death in paradise so it's about um, it has a 77 year old protagonist um, she believes that her neighbor has been murdered and she enlists the help of a few other women to help her discover who the murderer was, whether he was, whether this neighbor was actually murdered. It's got a lot of twists and turns, but the characters are very funny. She is, she lives by herself. She is very eccentric. Um, everyone knows who she is because she lives in this huge home, but it's kind of crumbling because she, she's not keeping it up. Um, they make friends with the female police detective who keeps telling them not to investigate on their own, but of course they don't listen. And um, they're all middle-aged or older women getting together to, to solve this neighbor's murder. And uh, very enjoyable. So, so uh, definitely amateur sleuth, but is this also, would you consider this like a cozy, a cozy mystery? Uh, or is it? I, I think it's very similar to um, the Thursday Murder Club, if anyone's read that. Um, I think it's going to, be the beginning of a series. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily a cozy. Okay. Yeah, because those Thursday murder clubs aren't cozies. They're just really enjoyable. And they're fun. They're yeah. fun. Yeah. You know, you, you make murder fun. And um, the older the older I get, the more I root for the old people that are solving mysteries. That's right. That's Me right. Because you can, <laughs> you know, when somebody hurts their hip, you can say, I that would happen to me too. Um, <laughs> The, I also read Danger on the Atlantic, which is the third in a series, the Jane Wonderly mystery series by Erica Neubauer. Um, she writes historical mysteries. The first one took place in Egypt. This one takes place 1926 on an um, ocean voyage and someone disappears and the wife of the person that disappears is Everyone tells her that her husband was never there, but Jane distinctly remembers him being there. So they have to figure out who this man was. There's espionage in there. There's murder. There's um, intrigue. There's a little bit of romance. Not too much. I don't like my mysteries to have too much romance in there. Little bit of romance for people that like that, but it's a it's a another fun mystery series. It's number three. You could probably read them um, separately. I like to read them in order. I always use Hoopla. 
to go back. If I find a book that really sounds good, but it's the third or fourth in a series, Hoopla is excellent for going back and discovering the beginning of the series so you can catch up to the one that you want to read or that has just come out. And uh, my last mystery is Murder Most Grave by G.A. McKevitt. She writes the Savannah, um, Savannah Reed mystery series. This mystery series is the Granny Reed series. So it's Savannah's grandma. So it takes place in the 1970s. Um, she, they're very, they're dirt poor. There are, I think, seven children living with Granny. And murder keeps happening here in McGill, Georgia. And she teams up with her love interest, who is the sheriff of, the, of McGill. Uh, and they get together and figure out who the murderer is. They solve everyone's problems. It's just a nice series, if you like nice mysteries. I like it when, um, when an author will create a new series, but it's really like a uh, relative of the original, um, the original sleuth or the original protagonist, because the Franny Fisher, you know, series was uh, morphed into her, ne her niece in the 1960s. So stuff like that, I think is really a lot of fun. Right. And Granny, the Granny Reed mysteries, she is the guardian of Savannah as a young teenager. So if you read the Savannah Reed series, you can see or read about Savannah as a young adult. So that's also fun. Yeah. I love all I love all these series where it's one small town and there's all these murders. <laughs> I kind of wonder what goes not on. A place, in not a place to consider for retirement. No, <laughs> no. The town just keeps getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> I'll jump in since it's our sweet 16. I, I've been in a mood. So normally I would read mysteries and thrillers, but I've been looking for sweet books instead. So most of these are coming up in June. Um, sweet reads. The first one is called Flying Solo by Linda Holmes. And it's about a woman about to turn 40. She's just canceled her wedding. Um, her family's pretty much figuring there's something wrong with her. She doesn't want to commit to anything. And they all, they all kind of know her. She's going to be the fun aunt. She flies home to Maine to settle her aunt's estate and empty the aunt's house where she actually spent a lot of time growing up and gets back in touch with her high school romance and there's all this romance building but she really doesn't want to commit and it it's a really fantastic look at kind of flipping that trope of you go back to your hometown you fall in love again you, everything ends up well it's, it's an adult look at what if you're established in life and you really don't want to upend everything like how can you make this work and it was really sweet and it was really realistic and I thought it was really honest and I loved it. So that comes out middle of June. Again, these are really good beach reads. The second one was Iona Iverson's Rule for Commuting by Claire Pooley. Um, that one comes out June 7th. It's a woman who is trying, her job's trying to put her out to pasture. She's considered old and she commutes every day she's been commuting every day for 30 years on this train into London and everyone on the train you, you see each character and their um, perspective they all look at each other differently and they all have names for each other but no one ever speaks because you just don't do that on a train when you're commuting everyone it's the same people every day and then one day something happens that triggers 
them speaking and getting to know each other. And from there, they build this friendship among this group. And it just shows the, how everyone's really interconnected, even though they have almost nothing in common, they still are able to find the commonality. And again, it was just really sweet. And I thought, wow, how great for this older woman. And then I went back to the beginning and found out she was actually 57, which I'm about to be. And I'm like, oh, so much for the older woman. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're trying, they're telling her she's she's obsolete and she's no longer um, relevant to her career. And okay. yeah, <laughs> but all these young people help her out. It, it's just a really sweet book. And it really, again, shows the humanity of people if you get to know them. And really good for this time to be reading something uplifting like that. Yeah, and it just the characters that in Iona's mind, the things that she names these other people on the train, it's just, there's a lot of hysterical, commentary that anyone can relate to whether you commute or not and I thought it was just fantastic I can't wait to see what else she does again that's Claire Pooley that was the author is, that, then, her is that her debut I don't think it's her debut okay. um, but I've never read I'm, I'm going to look up and see what else she's got if it wasn't her debut because her voice is really fantastic and then I've been using my audio time to do memoirs, again, kind of feel good. The first one that I really loved was um, Stanley Tucci's Taste. Mm. Um, it was, he, he narrates it himself. And for me, growing up Italian, it brought back so many memories of being at my grandparents' house. His grandfather made wine that was, you know, could probably peel paint off the house, but it's what he grew up with and just the smells he he's so descriptive with the smells and the tastes and the simplicity of the re of the uh, recipes it was just it was like a comfort read driving around town nice. he's fantastic did he inspire you to do any cooking on your uh, something different i did he, he inspired me to go find the actual physical book because he does have recipes throughout the book and i wanted to see it's hard driving around listening to him list the ingredients. So I did go and I did copy some of the recipes off, but I mostly sent them to my son who makes his own pasta. It's like, cause I can't eat it at this point, but um, the, the different sauces and the different things that they made as simple meals really did take me back to hanging out at my grandmother's. Like just something as simple as um, roasting up some onions and peppers and throwing eggs into it or making a simple frittata. Those are the kind of things I, I did write down. And he, he has even a history of some of these recipes. And it was just, it really was comfort food, just driving around town. Um, and then another one that, again, a memoir narrated by the author, Unprotected by Billy Porter. Oh yes, yeah, that's on my list too. Fantastic, and it made me cry, it made me laugh. He's so honest and he's so, it's like, he doesn't care anymore. He's hit that point of, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to live my truth. And I, again, I, there were points where I was around town crying, hoping no one was looking in my car and other times where I was laughing hysterically again, probably looked like a crazy person. Yeah. But, I think, I think the most amazing thing was that he, his, his career trajectory of you know what year he started up until the present time, he's lived through all these changes. Where someone like him, uh, you know, uh, what does he call? It? I can't. Oh, uh, he, he's a he. He calls himself. I thought I. I thought I had heard every 
um, every LGBTQ uh, phrase in the book, but he calls himself a church sissy, which I thought was the funniest thing in the world. And um, I just think that he, he talks really clearly about his career and his, what, who held him back, why he was held back, and then how he tried to sort of be someone else throughout a lot of his career. And then once he finally, you know, he's fortunate because once he finally decided to be himself, we were at a time period where there were projects that were being supported both financially and um, you know, with the public that he was able to really shine with, you know, with kinky boots and then with pose. So um, yeah, I agree. It was so inspiring and it just really captured, you know, his personal life, his childhood, his, uh, here's his spirituality, his career. It just was, it was really just a wonderful read. Yeah. yeah and I loved his story about the way the pose character was created, that it was just supposed to be a tiny little thing. And because of his own self, they created that character because of him. Right, right. Yeah, really I, I, cool. Yeah, so it shows the arc of how far he had come in his life where um, instead of not getting a job because of who he was, they were creating jobs because of who he was. Yeah, yeah, really nice. And just hearing his voice through through the car and just, you know, his narration is fantastic. Sue, so do you have more for? Um... I do, I have two more. Good. Um, coming out, or I think it probably came out this week, um, Electra by Jennifer Saint. She wrote Ariadne, another uh, reimagining of a mythical uh, person. This is about Electra, uh, one of the Greek, uh, she's the infamous heroine. It's Clyde, uh, I'm gonna mess up the pronunciation of her mother's name. But it's really three women are the main characters here. And again, women are treated poorly, but I'll, I won't digress there. Uh, Clytemnestra is Electra's mother. She marries Agamemnon. Um, there is a curse in Agamemnon's family, a murderous curse. So people die by the hand of another in their family throughout the generations. Um, but she marries him. And on the eve of the Trojan War, Agamemnon uh, does the unthinkable and well, maybe I shouldn't say exactly what he does, but Clytemnestra is forever his enemy after that. Mm -hmm. So he spends years and years away fighting the Trojan War. Clytemnestra is at home plotting Electra, who is their daughter, can't wait to see her father. She is loyal to her father. She sees what her mother is doing. Her mother pretty much pushes her and, the, and her brother away, only focusing on another child. So it is, is Clytemnestra a wonderful mother or is she a terrible, terrible wife? You have to make that decision. Um, of course, in history, she is the terrible wife. But if you're a mother, you might think differently. It's, it's a great story. If you know mythology, you'll know what happened. But it's a, a great story how she fleshes out the characters. You might know what's coming, but the story is great along the way. 
<clears throat> that's Electra by Jennifer Saint. And coming out in July is um, The Scandalous Hamiltons, a Gilded Age grifter, a founding father's disgraced descendant, and a trial at the dawn of tabloid journalism. Wow. So that's a mouthful <laughs> by uh, Bill Schaffer. Um, it takes place in um, the 1800s when the 1889, the tabloid newspapers are warring against each other. That's the only way people get their news is through these papers. And in New York, you know, the tabloids were, were trying to outdo each other at every turn. And it's the story of, well, actually, the, I'll start with the author saw this fountain. He was in New York. He saw the Hamilton Fountain, which is on the corner of 76th Street and Riverside Drive in New York. And it's a uh, it's a fountain. It's it's got a plaque next to it that describes or explains the significance of ornamental fountains at that time. They weren't just for people to be able to drink some water is for horses because that's how people were traveling at the time. So there was a trough at the bottom for horses. And um, the plaque also mentions just briefly a political or public scandal. So the author was intrigued, decided to look up what happened and came up with this story. It's a, it, it's a great nonfiction. It's um, about the great grandson of Alexander Hamilton. Um, his name is Robert Ray Hamilton. And the woman, Eva, I'll call her Eva Hamilton, but if you read it, she has several last names. Um, Eva was raised as a, um, the daughter of a poor logger in coal country in Pennsylvania. And I'll just read what the description of the book is because that really uh, pulls it all together. It's a con woman prostitute who met the descendant of a founding father in a brothel duped him into marriage using an infant purchased from a baby farm, then went to prison for stabbing the couple's baby nurse, all while in a common law marriage with another man. So <laughs> it's got everything in it, everything that you could need. So it's, it's a little known scandal today, but at the time, people loved it. They lapped it up. Um, it was the Gilded Age. They were talking about bigamy, bribery, sex, violence. It had everything that anybody could want to read about. And it really lasted a long time. They kept, they would fade from the news and then something else would happen and it would come back again. So it, it was really enjoyable. It's out in July. So if you're looking down the road, um, you can put this one on your radar. It's the Scandalous Hamiltons. I think you should great. you should send your arc to Lin Manuel Miranda and see if he can come up with another Broadway play. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a little different than the first one. <laughs> this one would be fantastic. <laughs> okay, I've got one more memoir that I just finished that um, I didn't know who this person was, but I was sent an arc and I ended up listening to it. And again, he narrates it himself. The author is Danny Pellegrino. He's apparently a he's a pop culture icon. He, he loves pop culture. He has a podcast called Everything Iconic. Hmm. Um, I, yeah, I never heard of him, but the book was fantastic. He's funny. It's a memoir. He talks about feeling like he was the only gay person in Ohio because he grew up in Ohio. So picture 
the bullying that, that happened to him. But at the same time, he has all these funny stories about growing up, like the time they took a trip and he and his brothers were just asleep on the floor of this van. And every time it hit a bump, they'd hit the ceiling because there were no, there were no seat belts, there was no nothing. So a lot of it was really nostalgic for any of us that grew up in the, that era before seat belts and, and kid seats. Um, and he talks a little bit about just his career, how he went from this feeling alone, like the only gay kid in Ohio to this, this grand uh, career he has in Los Angeles now and about some of his relationships along the way and about his parents and his brothers. And it was just really nostalgic and honest and funny. And there were times again, where I was just laughing out loud, hoping no one could see me because I, I looked crazy. But I really, I'll look up his podcast because now I want to see, but he talks about all how this pop culture saved his life as he was growing up. He loved like the nanny. He watched everything. He could, he could pretty much recite the dialogue from the nanny. He could sing the, the theme song for it. And he talks about all the different um, 90210 and uh, Dawson's Creek, everything that he watched. And he would just like immerse himself in these other lives and dream of, of becoming like that himself but again very funny so i um i just want to mention uh we sue you had mentioned hoopla earlier and looking you know going back if you see if you read a um or get exposed to a mystery book that and getting going back to the back catalog so i i had a similar situation last month where i just happened upon um an old spiritual book from the 90s that i had read and really loved called anatomy of the spirit from carolyn mace and then I went into Hoopla and, you know, it's it's fantastic because a lot of her older books are back there. Um, and, you know, Hoopla has over um, a million items in it. So uh, spread across six, um, you know, six formats. So ebooks and audiobooks are two of the six formats. But um, but our patrons really uh, do a lot of ebook. Uh, I think 50% of our checkouts from our library, from our patrons on Hoopla are audiobooks. So there's a huge audiobook back catalog and it's great. Um, it's a great way to sort of dip back into things that you loved in certain time periods of your life and um, and revisit them to see if they hold up. So, you know, one of her books held up really well, another one not so much, but it was just fun and easy and um, and it's all available on Hoopla. So that was that was a lot of fun. I just before we finish, I just wanted to know, do either of you have anything that you're looking forward to on the horizon, either summer or fall from favorite authors or favorite genres? Well, I just finished the new Blake Crouch. He wrote Dark Matter and a couple of other sci-fi books. Um, again, I was trying to find sweet things, but I love Blake Crouch. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll pop this one in. And again, it would fall in, in that fantasy science fiction. It's about a man who is working for, it, it's in the near future where genetics have gone wrong and they've been there's now an agency to to, um, to keep an eye on any geneticists to make sure they're not doing anything they shouldn't be doing. So he works for this agency and he gets in an accident where his genome gets hacked and his DNA is all upgraded. And it, it's a really, really fast read. And it's, an, it's real enough that you recognize the world. You recognize why this may need to be. But again, when people start getting upgraded, they're not going to all use it for good instead of evil. So he has this whole fight. He's, he's like one of the only people that can save the world from this upgrade because he's been upgraded himself. So mm -hmm. 
it's it's really interesting. It has a really good look at some of the social problems we're having and, and the climate problems we're having, but is this really the best way to go about it? It was it was really fascinating. It was a really fast read. Great. I think that's coming in July, beginning of July. I'm trying to think. I, most of the ones I'm looking forward to are very far out. I have uh, Brad Meltzer has a new conspiracy book out. He wrote The First Conspiracy and The Lincoln Conspiracy. The next one he has out is The Nazi Conspiracy. It's the secret plot to kill Roosevelt, Stalin, and Churchill. Mm -hmm. And Brad Meltzer is a thriller writer, usually. Um, he writes children's books also, but he he's a fiction writer most of the time. But his conspiracy nonfiction titles are really good, very accessible. They're again, they're they're fast reads, they're they're page turners. So that's coming, but that's coming late in the year. Um, Paige Shelton, who is a mystery writer, she writes the um, Alaska Wild. She also writes the the Scottish. Uh, uh, it's not the Scottish Bookshop, but it's a bookshop in Scotland, and it's not. There are two different series, um, but she's got number four in the Alaska Wild um, series coming out at the end of the year. Winter's End, it's called, and. Um, Marie Benedict has a new book coming out at the end of the year, The Mitford Affair. So I, I'm trying to think, I guess The Scandalous Hamilton's coming out in July is the, the closest one I have. Josh Mallerman, if anybody reads him, Bird Box. Um, he's got a new one coming out in September called Daphne. So he's got psychological thrillers. He's got a lot of times some paranormal in there, but just a little bit, not, not a lot. Um, so don't let that turn you off if you don't like um, paranormal. It's just a little bit. Um, and I can't th I'm sh think uh, Louise Penny has a new one coming out, and I believe that might be September. Okay. So I don't know. I could keep going. I could keep <laughs> going, but because I'm looking forward to a lot of these uh, books, I'm not going to have time to read them all. But I didn't but realize I, Kate Shelton had another one coming out. I love that Alaska mystery series. Yes, that's coming out. I think in September. September or October. And then Lisa Jewell has a, her, for the first time ever, she has a sequel coming out to The Family Upstairs. It's called The Family Remains. I think it's coming out in September. I've actually been holding on to that one until I can go on vacation and just sit down and enjoy it because I love Lisa Jewell so much. So that one I believe is September. It might even be October. I know we always talk about summer reading and how People have different ideas of what summer reading should be. Beach books, uh, beach books to me aren't necessarily um, fun, happy women's fiction, which a lot of people think are, of beach reads as. Um, I think it's just something that you can sit down and not be interrupted and read. Right. <laughs> something that people will just leave you alone and let you just read your book. Yeah, and my beach yeah. reads have changed since I don't have to watch kids anymore. Right. Like it had to be something really easy and kind of choppy because I was constantly looking up, but now I can sit on the beach and just like immerse myself. So it's fantastic. Well, thank you, Sue and Linda. And thank you listeners so much for joining us for another episode of What Are You Reading podcast brought to you by Fairfield Public Library in Fairfield, Connecticut. Check out our show notes for book titles and authors mentioned today. And please join us next month for more conversations about our favorite books and authors.
Thank you so much, both of you, and happy reading, everyone. Happy reading.